Welcome to another episode of the Powerless to Powerful Recovery podcast. My name is Jason. I'm an alcoholic and addict. As always, our mission is to share experience, strength, and hope across multiple media platforms, the story of addiction, and the road to recovery. Again, we're not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step-based organizations or groups in any way. This is part two of my episode with Tony, and this is the amazing transformation. And if you've listened to part one, you know, the, the everything that this man's been through, the transformation that takes place is truly an act of God. And it's a blessing and a miracle to be sitting here with this man today after everything that he's been through. If you don't know what I'm talking about now and you missed part one, you might want to stop this one, go back to part one so you can really understand how much of a miracle this truly is. So you, we're going to pick back up. You know, you got released from prison in 2018 after doing a three and a half year prison shot uh, since you've been shot. You've been drugged by a vehicle, right? You've sold drugs for 14 years. Your idols were pimps and, and hoes and prostitutes. And then that your your family, we're talking about homelessness. You know, mom, Mama Duke picked you up off the side of the road, became moms, right? I mean, yeah. what are we even talking about here? We've yeah. been through some things, brother. That happened. And so we we meet in you know on the prison sense and you know last time we we do a drug deal together and uh, fast forward now you get out in 2018 you're only out for 11 months and I know a little bit about what happened those 11 months and you tried to go straight you got a job slanging right cell phones brother yeah slanging phones so how what happened in that 11 months well actually the cell phones was was before but in oh. those 11 months oh, okay. I get out um I get out of the joint. And uh, I go to a halfway house uh, and I get to this halfway house and I'd never lived like that before. You know, like, I mean, when I was a kid, I went through my homeless stuff, but, you know, I spent years balling and yeah. always having a roof over my head. Now I'm at this halfway house and it just wasn't for me. You know, I lasted there a couple weeks and, um, and you know, I didn't want to start selling dope again. But I, I, like I said before, I had no tools. Like I didn't know what else to do. So, um, I went and stayed with this chick for a while and um and I thought that I was gonna get a job and I talked about getting a job but the whole time I I was out in Mesa just you know seeing what was up and figuring out how I was gonna start there. And ultimately like, you know, I picked up right where I left off. You know, like I started getting high again and then that led to I had to sell dope to support my habit. And then pretty soon I was just as bad as I was, even worse. The you know? the progressiveness of the disease. Yeah. And so ultimately you get raided. Yeah, on uh, November of 18. And you, I mean, and you go to prison for another three and a half years. Would you get caught with some pounds? Nah, bro. <laughs> uh, they raided the house. They found three Suboxone strips. Three strips. Three strips, 1.2 per strip. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> they gave you three and a half or three Suboxone strips. That's all they found. They wanted to give me four and a half. Oh, they did. I talked my ass off in court and got down to three and a half with oh. seven years of probation. So, oh, that seven-year tail? Yeah, it's seven years. Hell, you know? Mm-hmm. So you do a three and a half-year prison sentence, and that's when you ended up starting on Steiner, and you're there for a period of time. And if anyone knows anything about the Arizona prison system, that's a pretty hard yard. Stick them, Steiner. Um, and, uh, you know, people are dying over there. It ain't no joke over there. Um, it's a regular thing. You're locked down. They kill someone. You're locked back down. They open the yard and someone dies. You're locked back down. And that's pretty much how that that sent part of your sentence goes. Ultimately, you get reclassed. You come back down to a two yard or you run into me again after being up all night, contemplating your life and your life's decisions and wanting to make changes, but still find yourself high again. And you show up in orientation and you see me 
and I become visual proof to you that this program works and there's a, there's a better way out there and you show up to your first meeting, that Narcotics Anonymous meeting, what was that first meeting like for you? Oh, bro, like when I first walk up to the meeting, the, the first dude I run into, like the last time I saw this dude, like he had hooped, you know, in his little prison pocket, like <laughs> put a, a, a rig up there, you know, to, to shoot fucking dope. And um, he couldn't get it out. And now I see him and he's super healthy, you know. Um, actually, the next person that I saw was Ronnie, you know. And uh, the last time I saw him, he was in really bad shape. And now I see him and he's shining, you know. And um, I just walk into this room full of dudes that, you know, looked happy and, and you know, like proud, you know. And I was so embarrassed and broken that, it, like, I wanted that, you know. I start reading Why Are We Here? And while I read it, like, you know, I'm about halfway through it. And I started to feel myself breaking, you know, like I, I felt something inside of me was breaking. And, um, you know, I started crying, like my eyes were watering up and, you know, I'm worried about looking at all these guys, you know. And, um, you know, I didn't want to pick my head up because I just knew everybody was laughing. And there's about 40 or 50 guys. Yeah, in there, was, there was a lot of guys in there. And then um, finally I did look up. And when I look around, all I saw was like love and hope and like, all of the positive things like God was in that room, you know? Yeah, God was definitely on that yard. And that's my sober date. And that's your sober date. July 26, 2019. July 26, 2019, dude. That's yeah. a big deal. Super big deal. <laughs> that's a really big deal. And so after that meeting, we start working the steps. Did that. And we did that. I asked you if you'd sponsor me. You said, you ready to choose up, Pimpin? Yeah, you better choose up. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) just like that. But I was ready, though. And you were ready, man. And, and, you know, um, we're going to talk about the steps here for a second. But I remember moderate treatment. Miss Franz, shout out again. We're in her office. We got you a job up there. And every day, me and you were in there in between group, before group, after group, and we're working the steps vigorously with energy, intensity, and force. And that's what it takes. You got to be willing to go after this thing like your life depends upon it. And, you know, I told you, you got everything to gain, nothing to lose from it. And uh, you started working those steps. So what was it like working those steps? Can you tell me, like, the the, the steps that stand out to you, uh, some moments of clarity when you learn some things? What were the steps like for you? Well, I remember a few things through my steps, like very clearly. Like I remember doing the third step prayer with you and going on the rec field and you looking at me like, hey, isn't this great? A couple guys sitting here figuring it out. And I'm looking at you like, not really. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like this, I'm still in prison. You know, when is the miracle going to happen? Like my fourth step, you know, digging through and looking at my resentments and ultimately finding that that I played the biggest role in most of my resentments. Like there were resentments that I had when I was when I was a kid that I didn't play any part in but most of them you know throughout my life like like with my ex you know with you know different people in the streets you know like I I played like the major role in that like I was a very negative person you know and recognizing like my role in those and um you know it was just it was a grind through those steps you know I grinded it was an emotional roller coaster like it hurt. It didn't feel good all the time. You know, it wasn't like I just was automatically on that pink cloud until ultimately I was. Until you were. And I remember we did a fist step. We're not going to get into the specifics of it, but we do a fist step, right? We get honest about a whole bunch of things. 
And then there was another one of our brothers who relapsed right in front of you, oh, right in front of our whole hut. Oh, God. Shout out to El Chapo. El Chapo. Yeah, street Ch- Gram. Yeah, Street Gram Chapo, right? Yeah. This is one of our brothers. And keep in mind, we live in a hut where I got all my sponsees living in there. 14 beds and seven of them are all, are all the guys I work with. We live yeah. together. We have one relapse right in front of our eyes. Falls from grace right in front of everyone. He was on the last episode. Shout out to Justin and killing the game today. But he relapses right in front of your eyes, dude, and you start to... Bro, like, Jaybird was my dude. That was my guy. You know, I'm talking to this dude every day. We're recovery, recovery, recovery. And I started to see the relapse, like, unfold, like, right before my eyes. Like, the change of thinking. Like, you know, this this disease was creeping up on him, you know? And then um, ultimately, like, yeah, he relapses. And then I remember talking to you, and you're like, well... He, he must have left something out in his four-step. He must have left something out in his program and that 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 resentment or whatever, that fear, whatever's inside of him. So fucking I break down. I'm like, oh, my God, for the next day and a half. Like, I'm like, oh, I got to tell Jason I was lying. <laughs> you know, part of my story was, you know, I played arena ball and I made it to college and blah, blah, blah. I had to double back. I'm in tears, tears running down my face. Like, Jason, I'm sorry. I lied to you about this. Yeah. I just don't ever want to relapse, you right. know? That that resentment is like that that it's that number one offender, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that that's that worst fucking shit. You can't get rid of fucking like all of the fucking bad stock and then just leave that one fucking worst yeah. thing. And there, so that know? the things you know we're only as sick as our secrets, and we have to bring those things from the dark to the light. And that's what the fifth step is all about, because it's that one event that I don't want to share that causes me guilt or the lies that I tell. It's that guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, the remorse, the regret from just that one event. And when I feel it, when I think about it, I don't like the way it feels. And eventually I want to change the way I feel again. Yeah. You know, I remember doing step one with you and you listed the powerlessness and the unmanageability and those experiences. Do you remember when you wrote all your life could ever be in, in recovery? Yeah. You remember when you wrote that? Yeah. If we were to look at that today and what your life like is right now at this moment, we're low God, balling. I thought, yeah, super <laughs> low balling. Like, there's no way, there's no way I, I, I just... I didn't, I could never, you couldn't have told me this back then that my life would be like this right now. I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. And so from 2019 to 2021, I remember sitting there with you and we created your identity in six and we listed the character defects and you started to work on those. I remember, you know, doing the seven step prayer again with you out there. And we, I mean, we did the third step prayer out in the middle of the rec field, in the middle of a prison yard mm-hmm. out there with a big book doing our thing, dude. And uh, those are some of the best experiences that I had doing those third steps out there on that rec field in front of the whole yard. Um, and it didn't matter, man. We were just a couple dudes out there just trying to figure this out and help each other along the way and soaking it all in. Mm-hmm. And uh, God was always there with us. And, um, you know, we started to make some amends and did the ones that we could during this period of time. You pick up a service commitment. You're chairing meetings. You're at all five meetings. You're working at moderate treatment with us. You're, you're teaching groups. You're doing all these different things all the time. Um, you started sponsoring other guys. What was it like when you started sponsoring some guys? I was scared to death at first. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that I was going to mess something up, you know, and then, you know, I had to realize that I'm not that powerful. You know, I can't mess this up. As long as I show them what, what you showed me, then it'd be all right. You know, I didn't, I took myself out of like the teacher role and I was more of just a shower, you know, mm-hmm. like I could show you what I did and you figure out what make what works for you, you know? And um, it was a beautiful thing, bro. Like I had, you know, I had a couple guys that made it pretty far into uh-huh. it. You know, maybe nobody made it to 12, but. Yeah. You, you had know. a lot of sponsees though for a period of time, three or four at all times for the next two years. Yeah, yeah, I did that. And, and I never understood 
when you guys are like, oh, you're going to learn more from them, you know, like, like yeah. or you learn more from me than, you yeah. know, I, I learned from you. Like, I never understood it. I learned so much from those guys. Yeah, know? they teach you patience. They teach you tolerance. They teach you love. They teach you active listening sometimes with the tough ones. Yeah. Right. They, yeah, teach, yeah, they teach you a whole bunch of different things. So when yeah. we say to our sponsees, you know, I'm going to learn more from you than you're ever going to learn from me. You, they always think you're nuts. They're like, dude, shut up. Man. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, you will never understand it until you start working with others. And so I just watched you be reborn and a miracle take place over the next two years. And I mean, sponsoring men and, you know, working the steps and consistently in the book and you'd be up in the mornings, you'd be reading all your, your daily reflections, you're having your cup of coffee and you were doing all these things, man, doing everything that you needed to do. And so you get released in 2021 after working a program for two years, full throttle, right? And, you know, you could have went to a sober living, you could have went, you know, and you could have got your own place. You could have moved in with, you know, one of the chicks from back in the day. You know, some chicks come in on the team, maybe here and there on the tablets. Shout out to the tablets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tablets are a big deal. Yeah. You know? And uh, but you don't, man. You go to New Freedom. What yeah. was it like? And that's a 90 day reentry program. Shout out to New Freedom. Um, and what was that like for you? Well, I mean, that wasn't the plan. Like yeah, I was supposed to interstate compact to go back home. It didn't work out. Like New Freedom was, you know, my second option. When I walked in that door, like I was, I was, I, I felt like so much anxiety and fear. Like I didn't want to get out of prison and go into a program. But once I walked through that door, I knew that it had to happen, you know? So uh, I left it all on the field in there. Like I spent those 90 days getting my life together, lining up, you know, getting my ducks in a row and lining up things and uh, helped facilitate all of the classes, like gave it 110% the whole time, you know? And um, and you were a freedom guy and you're welcoming the newcomers and you're showing them around and you're mentoring them and you're helping out and you're doing service work and you're chairing meetings and you're teaching damn near half the groups, <laughs> right? No, not from and most of the groups you taught, you weren't teaching from the front. You were teaching from your seat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because that. because that's the type of recovery that we have, man. And it's just it's unreal. And so for those 90 days, you know, my wife, you know, she worked there or works there. And so, you know, she's there. You get to see her. and I'm coming up there to see you and you see a bunch of the guys and we're all there or that fellowship is there. And you're just continuing to elevate your game. And so this time when you're ready to get released or or move on or graduate or re-enter society fully, this time you got tools. It wasn't the finish line completing that program. That was getting me to the starting line. That was a starting point. And with the with the tools that I had, like I had a different kind of confidence. There was still a little bit of fear involved because I had never done this before. But at the same time, like I had this confidence to me and, and God started working. He put me in touch with James Koloski, who gave me a, a job managing that sober so living. So currently you manage a sober living. Yeah. Right? You're the house dad? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we can call it that. Yeah. But, I mean, you're doing recovery full-time. So you manage the sober living, right? Shout out to the sober living. What's the one you manage? What's the name of it? It's the Citrus House. Citrus House. Shout out to Citrus House. Get in touch with Tony if you need a bed. Only for real. Only for real. Only for the activated in the recovery game type, type people, right? Yeah. We're not playing around. Ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. We're not, we got low tolerance for bullshit today. So you manage a sober living, right? And you got how many guys you got in the house? Oh, uh, right now I got eight in the house. You got eight in the house. You manage full house. You got a full house. So you're you're helping these guys. You're doing service work. You're. I mean, I know you go above and beyond at all times for every single person in that house. And so you want to get a job in recovery and you give me a call and, you know, we both work for the sanctuary. Shout out Yolanda, Joey Landon, shout out everyone at the sanctuary family. 
um, but we weren't ready to bring you on. So you take a job working at uh, Axiom. Axiom. Yeah. So you start working at Axiom. What was that like? Um, man, it was like frontline work. You know, mm-hmm. they they're like sponsored by ADC, and I'm going and picking up people all day long because I was doing transport for them. I'm picking up people from parole. I'm seeing parole officers and and like on the daily. You know, like it just it it, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, and it definitely was the front lines. Yeah, and so ultimately, uh, about a month into that, finally the opening is ready to to make the move. And you know, we have a bunch of the North Unit All Stars working with us over at the sanctuary. The whole family's getting together. And I told you this back in 2019 that we're going to get out, we're going to get in recovery, we're going to help a ton of people, and we're going to do it together. You did. <laughs> I, I, I talk about it all the time. I was just talking about it last night. I was like, you know, he looked me in my eyes. And he said that when we get out, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're doing now. And, and that's I'm what we're doing now. It's yeah. it's a trip, right? Every yeah. single thing we talked about, man, it's all happening. And and, and I, I think we're still at the starting line because yeah. there's so much more out there. So currently you work with, with us. You're a BHT. You, you know, you're, you're doing everything. You're managing a house, right? You're helping guys. You're teaching groups. You've got service commitments. We're about to leave here and go go chair a meeting together right now. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what we got going that's, on next. That's what we do. <laughs> and that's yeah. what we do. And so, you know, you're sponsoring men. You work in recovery, you know, but there's so many more blessings. What about the relationships in your life? Uh, I have healthy relationships now, you know, um, I'm dating someone right now, like it's it's going good, you know, like um the the relationships that I had I had messed up in the past, you know, with my family, like, you know, we've resolved our issues and and you know, I'm in I'm in communication with my family at all times. The the bond that I have with my mom is probably stronger than it's ever been. And she doesn't have to worry about getting a call in the middle of the night that I'm I'm dead or that I'm in jail or anything like that. I'm sure that she could rest easier, you know. And um yeah, like it's just it's a beautiful thing, you know. Like I've copped a couple whips. Yeah, know? I mean we got two car. You got you've been you got when'd you get out of New Freedom? I got out of New Freedom November seventeenth. Hopped in the little Impala, you know. Bought she, an Impala. She got me where I needed to get. Yeah, you know. And then like, you just got another new car. What'd you get? Leveled up to the you know Jeep Grand Cherokee. You know? I mean, nice too. I, I wish diesel didn't cost so much, but you know at the same time, it's short luxury period. Problems, and the, right? you got you luxury. Know? Shout out Yolanda. Yolanda. <laughs> Shout out to Yolanda. It's, it's luxury problems. I got luxury right problems today. Managing a house. You just bought your second vehicle, extremely nice vehicle, and I know it's not the material things that make us happy, but it does make me happy too. Yeah. Right. But it's yeah. the internal happiness. Happiness. You're always smiling. You're helping others. You got a great job where it doesn't feel like work. You're building your credit. You're saving money. And I mean, the blessings and the promises have materialized over and over and over in your life so many damn times. It's not even funny. Uh, when you asked me, like when I when I wrote down like like what I thought my life would be in recovery, and I couldn't imagine it then. Now I can't imagine five years from now. Like w- what is going to happen? Like anything that I want can happen, you know? And I've never in my life felt like this before. I never want to stop feeling like this. And so we talk about being on that pink cloud and, you know, I've been on a pink cloud for four years plus now. Mm-hmm. And the way you stay on that, I hate when people say, well, I came off the pink cloud. Well, what'd you do to come off of it? As long as I continue to do what I have done to get on that pink cloud, I'll stay on that pink cloud. And, and your life reflects it today. And so when I really think about the journey and, and, you know, 
it's a way for me to experience God well, through awareness. When I get to remember in the time in, in orientation, when I seen you for the second time and working the steps and I got out before you and then you got out and you give me a call and I see you at New Freedom. And we talked about this back in 2019. We talked about this and here we are today living that dream together to be able to help as many people as we can and get a paycheck for it. And, you know, we're not we're not millionaires, but yeah. we got happiness, man. Yeah, I <laughs> we're all right. I mean, you got new Jordans on, brother. Oh, you in know, the Grand Cherokee you pulled up in. Got some fresh ones. You know, <laughs> we're out here. And know. so it's just the blessings of recovery, man. And you know, shout out to Lanny. You know, we got to give her a shout out. You know, from back in the day, and Ron, and and all the North Unit All Stars, and Adam, and and Caesar, big parts of your story, dude. Everybody that played a part, all of our recovery over there at North Unit, God was there. And today, the men who continue to follow God's path, their life reflects it. And you're just a shining example of it. And sitting here with you right now, dude, is truly a blessing. And, dude, I just, I love you, bro. I love you too, bro. And, and yeah, shout out to everybody. Miss Franz, like, was so vital to early recovery. Being able to talk to her every morning before work helped so much. Caesar, my my closed mouth, open aired friend on the yard, you know, because it, it wasn't easy being the only black one in the fellowship. Oh, yeah, we didn't even I talk mean, about it. Was like, it was like point fives, you know what I'm saying? Preston. And, yeah, shout out know, Preston. Like some in and outs, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's it's not easy, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, all I've learned is that as long as I wake up in the morning and I hit my knees and I, I ask for strength, you know, for my higher power, I'll run all day long and I'll keep grinding for this recovery. And I'll keep fighting for the other underdogs that, that never had a shot. And then at the end of the day, then I, I hit my knees again and I, I just say thank you, you know? Sure. Like show my appreciation. And this is just on repeat. You know, it's on a permanent loop now. And I'm making it like this. It's worked for quite some time, so I think I'll do it again tomorrow. Why not? Just suit up and show up, bro. And you've been suiting up and showing up since we met again the second time. Yeah. Yeah, and you've activated in a whole nother way, brother. Whole nother level, bro. Just keep leveling up. Just keep keep leveling. Keep leveling up. You know. <laughs> well, dude, uh, sharing this moment with you, man, and all the listeners out there, man. I hope you guys heard something, dude, and witnessed the miracle after everything this man's been through. And recovery works. When Bill W was on his deathbed, they said, "Is there anything you would change in this program?" He said, "There's one thing I would change. There's that one thing is one word. I would change. Rarely, rarely have we seen a person fail. I changed that word rarely to never." Never have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. And you, my friend, are an example of that. And Thank I love you, bro. you, bro. I love you, brother. I love you too, though.